Hello, welcome to Boss Women, a podcast about women in business in comedy. My name's Katie, and this is my darling mother. <laughs> How times have changed, <laughs> Karen. Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this, Mama said. Mama said, Mama said, Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this, my Mama said. Mama said. Hello, Katie. How are you? Katie, Katie is now a married woman, so that is why she talks to me like that, <laughs> isn't it? Mrs. Corin, not changed your name. No, of course not. Why would I? I know. We will talk about it lots and lots more. Yes. Uh, but today, we're not alone. We no. have a guest, which is fantastic. <laughs> so when we talk about weddings, we'll talk about on our own. Yeah. Or we might even talk with our guest. You never know. Anyway... <laughs> Our guest is the wonderful Lynn Ferguson. I'm going to tell you something about her, first of all, before we speak to her. <laughs> Lynn Ferguson is a Scottish writer, performer, storyteller and comedian. She studied at the Royal Conservatoire in Glasgow. She wrote 18 separate, separate 18 episodes of a sitcom Millport for BBC Radio 4 and also stories for Women's Hour. She was a script consultant for Disney's Brave and played Mac, a plasticine chicken, in Chicken Run. Lynn also regularly hosts and tells stories for The Moth. She was, the, she was also a writer. <laughs> this is what brought her to America, where she lives in Ellie. I'm telling you about her, Katie, yes, just so thank you know. You. I don't know um, her at she all. Was, she wrote for the Late Late Show um, when Craig Ferguson, her brother, was... Um, actually performing it. No, he was, he was presenting it. He was the host. <laughs> but the main thing about it is Lynn Ferguson is my friend. She is. Hello, Lynn. Hello. Did you appreciate how quiet I was there? I was silent. I was like sitting in my hands, silent, because you were like, don't you speak well. until we've introduced you. Were, you. you were Thanks the best you've been at being silent. <laughs> I was good at being silent there. Hey, you didn't say I cooked a really good chicken, though. I cooked no, a good I chicken. No, forgot, I forgot the chicken bit. But... That's more important than the other stuff, right? Well, uh, don't you think? I think so. People seem yeah. to think that you're well known for being a plasticine chicken, which I... Oh, oh, you were the best character in that movie. Ah, uh, thank you. Did they not do a second one? There is. It's it? coming out next year. I'm doing oh, it now. Yes. Oh, yeah. Are you doing it. it now? Have you changed? Uh, wait, on and off. No. No. Why would I change? <laughs> you know, it was very funny, Lynn, because I just thought I just thought I'd Google you a bit, and I Google yeah. and I I wrote read PBJ the your agents. Um, things about you and you've got a you know a, a video about you know what do you call it when you oh get the show reel oh my yeah. god that's very good did you like the show reel yeah, yeah show- I make a really good German don't I I don't <laughs> I'm a really good German that's an American um ad that you've done yeah no right? I yeah I went to this because uh, I do ads over here periodically for a bit of the cash monies. Yes. Fair. And uh, which, you know what I mean? I mean, that's the. Oh, no, I do it for the art. I do it for the art. That's why. Yes, obviously. <laughs> Only well, the, the German art, wasn't exactly the art. Uh, but, hey. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I went to this uh, casting and it was all Germans and me. And I was like, <laughs> OK, yeah. 
real Germans, like yeah. real authentic Germans, like proper, <laughs> proper Germans. And there was also people that were uber Germaning it because they really wanted the part. So they sure. were like, you know, lederhosen it and then the whole thing <laughs> to get this part of the German and me. And then they did a callback and it was early morning and I was going somewhere else. I had another project. And so I went uh, for the callback and then it was just like two really, really Germany Germans and me. And, uh, and then I went in and I was like, you know, you do know, you know, right, I'm not German. And they were like, yeah. <laughs> and then I got them. I out Germaned the German. Take that, Hitler. Like, oh, God. Like, uh, yeah, is a no. strange place. <laughs> oh, totally. And then for that ad, I ended up in a, um, uh, like a, a huge studio where they do like the recording of uh, car um, commercials. Uh-huh. And I was sitting on a massive revolving stage in the middle. <laughs> of nowhere like it was a massive studio going round and round sitting on a stool in dark uh, in the black wearing leather having to talk (laughs) (laughs) it was a little mental yeah i hope you got loads of repeat fees for it then at least i I, you know i was uh, the art was what i did it for (laughs) i only work for art you know me well did you enjoy chicken run more than you enjoyed that german advert (laughs) Well, you know, they're all different things, really. Like, yeah. chicken runs like precision. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When you're working on that, like, it, it's, yeah, you'll spend that time going in, go in and they'll say, okay, right, I want you now to make the sound of a chicken falling off a wall. <laughs> right? And then you go, okay. And then yeah, and then they'll show you the piece of the chicken, you know, the chicken falling off the wall. And then... um sometimes you're too close so if you make the noise it's like if it's a wide shot uh-huh. you have to adapt your voice so that it's for a wide shot rather than oh a close God. so that sounds difficult it's it's difficult but it's brilliant because yeah. the the Arvman people are just magic they're, yeah but they're almost as good as you guys almost <laughs> as good as you, except they would appreciate my cooking more than you guys so <laughs> maybe they're better than you I don't know my, I, honestly, what's wrong with me? I can't remember. I'm sorry, Lynn. Lynn, I cannot remember the last time you cooked me a chicken. That's the reason. Ah, but during Edinburgh, just uh, hold hold the ponies here. <laughs> during Edinburgh, I think you'll find that somebody not too far away who was staying at your house was making the chilli for you when you. <laughs> yeah, but was that a chicken? You see, could have been. <laughs> That's the only reason. That's the only reason it wasn't mentioned. Yeah, yeah. but next it was a good chili. Was it, it a was good chili? Very good chili. Right. Yeah. See, did you mention that? Did you mention? <laughs> that? No, no mention of the chili at all. None. Um, no. So, um, shall we go back in time? <laughs> Katie's gone back. Oh, in and time. Katie, she's going to do that story. Katie, Katie's yeah. going to do the story about when you were six. And I was like, oh, and we were in Millport, and I was like, oh my god, how'd you handle that? And then yeah. we both go, oh, right, like that. She's going to do the story. Yeah, right, do the story, Karen. So over to you, Karen. Uh, yeah, well, no, I just want to. <laughs> I want to go back to your childhood. Way back. Let's not become an actress and a comedian yet, and a writer and before, all the wonderful yes, things. Before we find out about your chicken run heydays and yeah. everything that you're doing now, yeah. Um, we want to know more about you uh, back in the day, back in that Cumbernauld, sweet little blonde you? girl with the chubby leg. Did you grow up in Cumbernauld? Where did you grow up? I did grow up in Cumbernauld. I'm first generation Cumbernauld, right? So, like, Do you Cumbernauld remember was... being in Glasgow? 
No, not at all. I was only born. I mean, I remember going to Glasgow with my mother, sure. right? Like we'd go at the weekend and stuff like that. In fact, there's a it's um one of the lovely things that uh, with my mum is we would go do you remember Goldbergs? I do remember Goldbergs, right? So we go to Goldbergs. Oh, there is? There was well, we, there was. Well, there was one in Glasgow and it used to have these animatronic kind of uh little creatures at Christmas and stuff like that. And I would go there with my mum uh, to get like school shoes and stuff because they had a, a card you could pay it up sort of thing. Mm. And uh, we went, I remember going to Goldbergs and uh, I went in and I was like, this place is magic. Right? It was all <laughs> people in fur coats with big jewellery laughing and they were like, oh, ho, ho, ho. and they seemed really happy and everything. Was Santa said, there? No. I said to my mum, who are those people? And she went, they're Jewish. And I was like, oh. Can I be Jewish? And she was like, <laughs> no. No. <laughs> but now I've got loads of Jewish friends over here. And when I meet them, I go, hey, can I be Jewish? And they're like, okay. And I feel like my mother would be pleased. You know? yeah. I can see you in that big fur coat. Yeah. And yeah. Well, it was just, just all just big happy people. I was like, because yeah. I think Scotland in the 1970s was quite harsh. Yeah. You know, people were dealing with a lot of real difficulty and I don't, my parents were brilliant um, and there was like a lot of fun going on, but it, it was quite a harsh time, mm-hmm. I seem to remember, and there wasn't a lot of uh, easy flowing money, do you know, there weren't a your, lot of... Your, uh, your dad uh, worked at the post office. You don't need my, to tell her story I for just her. Want, <laughs> I just want to find out if I'm right. He did work at the post office. My dad was amazing. My dad was like an amazing person in that he was evacuated from his house, like from his home during the war when he was seven. And that was when his formal education ended, right? And then he started work at 14 as a telly boy, so he'd deliver telegrams um, and worked his way up to the post in the post office. And so by the end, he was like the postmaster of edinburgh central office or something like that he was amazing because yeah. he just well like, done his him i know i know he was fun he was a really <laughs> good dancer as well i think you seem to remember from my wedding um, <laughs> is no, that it, how it, he met your it, mom it, at the dancing yes it was i think everybody met at the dance dancing then is today's tinder isn't it people yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. now, you know so yeah my my mom's dad ran dance and you know dances and I think that's when my mum and dad met and they were together for years no it was good and she was a dressmaker of extra northern air she was but made me a jacket once it was fantastic she loved you you know what was funny is that my mother sort of mothered you didn't she she was like oh Karen right she did she was so yeah she did it was funny you know she talked to Karen like she was Another daughter or something that was yeah. she she made all the costumes for and Andrews and opera and Ooh. yeah she she hadn't been that that was she was like a primary school teacher mm. and before that she was like a, a thing called a comptometer operator which is like a typist I, d- I don't really know mm. but then she trained to be a primary school teacher as soon as I went to primary school not for me just because you know money was <laughs> just tight. to keep her eye on you yeah <laughs> well i'm one of four so one it was you know the, the youngest baby of four. of four and uh and my dad was a 
you know, worked for the post office. So somebody had to do something, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then, uh, but as, like, once I started getting into stuff, I think it was once I finished college, I was doing sort of choreography for these opera things. Mm -hmm. And my mum and dad had always fancied, you know, doing stuff. So actually in this opera, was it Eurydice or something? There was some weird opera I can't even remember. Orpheus in the Underworld, maybe. And uh, they needed some extras to sit in a box in the Theatre Royal mm-hmm. and kind of wave to the uh, singers and the singers were doing stuff for yeah. um, the people in the box. And my parents were the people in the box. Oh, and my cute. dad, who'd worked in the post office all his years, suddenly was like, oh, you know, and then <laughs> for about five minutes he had an agent. Yeah, <laughs> and then it, looked after him for five because he was thinking of you know he might be a background uh-huh. actor. What I really liked about it, and and things have changed. I mean, you, you know, definitely you'll have seen it between the two of you. But like, um, that there's a lot of the time, especially over here, where everything's awful serious about industry. You got to think of your tick boxes and what's yeah. being done and who's doing whatever and you know planning ahead and everything and um. And I get that, but there was like this period of time outside drama school um, with them trying on mm-hmm. entertainment as an industry <laughs> that just was a, really a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah so in yeah. that thing, my mum made all the chorus dresses and everything. It was, yeah, was fantastic. Now, um, I also, when I was looking you up, I read yeah. um, that you and your sister were senior prefects at school. I know. Um, in Cumbernauld, Cumber- <laughs> it was it was written in our Wikipedia that in your show reel. <laughs> no, no, probably that was, that was in, in German. In German, yeah. no, I was senior was... prefect. Senior that prefect was in... at a, G- a German school in Dusseldorf. <laughs> that was at Cumbernauld High, was it? Uh, it was. Yeah, Were you me and a girl at school. No, uh, not really. Senior um, prefect's pretty good. Do you know? what? I think they gave me it because I talk. All the time because it was they gave it it was a joint senior prefect and we were voted in by I think by the people and you know like there was prefects and then the prefects voted for who was senior prefect mm. and there was a very very brainy girl called Carol Stork who was lovely um and me and her were joint senior prefect and I think they gave it to her because obviously she was like proper senior prefect material mm-hmm. and they gave it to me because I was the person who you know talked all the time. Like, Were you like the double act of school? <laughs> no, she was much too smart to be part of my double act. But like if there was a thing that where I was like, oh, let's do this or maybe we could do that. Right. I was that person. So, <laughs> the idea uh, yeah. person. Well, I got it by default. I think they thought that maybe if they made me senior something, then I would shut up. For <laughs> They're like, I'm too busy being senior over yeah. here. Yeah. And you'll find I won't be talking to you. I'm too busy thinking about seniory things. Yeah. So, so you were the youngest. But sorry, going back again, you were the yes. youngest of four. Did that four. mean that you could get away with anything? <laughs> no, not at all. Really? No, no. Surely, no. two no, boys and God. another girl and you. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't get away with anything. No, um, the there's we're quite far apart in a way. Um, mm. my sister's eight years older, and she was always brilliant. And the um, she was like a sort of not a second mum, but she would take me out and do you know we'd do things. I like, we used to go to stationery store uh, shops <laughs> together. 
I keep yeah. saying things like American words, like stores and all that. And you're like, yeah, who goes yeah. to stationery stores? That sounds like yeah. you go to a factory that has pencils in it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, we go to stationery shops and stuff like that together. Mm-hmm. And then there was uh, Scott, and he was six years older, and he left home at 16. He was at Strathclyde Uni doing mm. psychology. At 16? Yeah, yeah, he was he was a bit of a brighty bright thing. And then um then there was Craig. Now Craig and I used to get up to a lot of stuff. Like we would have puppet shows and stuff like that. There was a, <laughs> a bridge, like in really precariously dangerous places. <laughs> there was a bridge under uh, uh, over a motorway, over a flyover. In fact, the oh, next no. time we're in Cumbernauld, I'll show you. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> and we used to hold these puppet shows underneath the bridge. What <laughs> where the cars were. Well, not not on the actual road, but on the kind of what is it, the, the siding, you know, yeah. the verge, yeah, I on the verge, oh and we had God. these big, I know, and it was all. Uh, and where's the really, audience? Oh, we would tell people they were coming, and then I mean, coming all there wasn't a lot happening in our <laughs> little area, so it's like uh, me and Craig uh, down under the bridge with some sock puppets and an Indian blanket. Are you up for it? And they're like, <laughs> oh yes. What's happening? Is it snaky? Uh, did they pay a shilling to I watch you? Know. Did they pay a shilling? A shilling? To... What age do you think I am? <laughs> decimal, decimalization was 1972. What? <laughs> no, they didn't. I think, I can't even remember, but it'd probably be things like people brought apples and shit like that. Yeah. I don't know. I think I, I think really what it was was uh, that it's a little bit like, like it is now, which is I'm just grateful people are there. Yeah. Right? I don't have to be... <laughs> Grateful people are watching me showing off. Yeah. So, what was the age difference with you and Craig? Were you closest to Craig out of all your siblings? Three years, yeah. So he's three years older than me. So there was kind of my sister Janice and Scott were like their own little double, and me and Craig were our kind of double. That's how it worked. Yeah, yeah. So, and um, did you get up to mischief, or were you? It sounds like you were very well behaved. We were quite well behaved. <laughs> I think we were, you know. Well, I think um, you had strict parents, though. They 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 wouldn't take any nonsense, would they? No, they they weren't. They were quite. The, I think that what I really like about it, and it's interesting as a, a being a parent now, is um, because you know, like with the story work that I do, sometimes I'll talk to people who've had quite complicated. <laughs> Bless you. Have a cough. I want you to cough. You can cough. No, you can. You're allowed. <coughs> there you go. Don't you feel better? Don't you feel better? I've for got that a wee moment? bit of a cold, so sorry. Have you? No, that's all right. Um, we're across. But there's five thousand miles between us right yeah. now. So <laughs> yeah. I'm well, Katie would yeah. like to sit further away from me, but she can't. <laughs> yeah, true. You can next time, Katie. You can be over here. Thanks. Right. You That'll can be, be over great. here and we'll talk to your mum 5,000 miles away. She's going to bring Frederick over. Yeah. Oh, do. For the, like, come and stay. Because you can drive up the Pacific Highway and everything, the Pacific yeah. Coast Highway. And, I'd love And to. then there's there's a train that's right, uh, the train station here, the Amtrak station, yeah. goes all the way up the uh, West Coast. So you oh. could go up to, like, Seattle. Or Amazing. Everything. Yeah, Fred yeah. loves Seattle because Pearl Jam are from there. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> he loves Pearl Jam. He loves Pearl Jam. Yeah. Anyway, and so, so you can have your own wee house. Yeah. Be like totally cool. Oh, do it, do it. I would love um, to. We are talking about Los Angeles, where um, Lynn lives. Just so that, just just in case there's loads of people listening, 
you know, you Look. never know. <laughs> Any, anyway, <laughs> it might just have been the one. You were talking about <laughs> your, your parents being strict, or your and you were going to that. You had some insight to say about the fact that your parents were strict. Oh, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I did. Um, the uh, no, sometimes I talk to people here, like when I'm doing story work, and they've got like complicated backgrounds. Mm. Particularly, interestingly, very, very wealthy people um, were sort of have often been told, shown what to do, but not mm. how to do it or whatever. And I was yeah. talking to someone the other day about my dad would would say this thing about when you when you know what is right, you know it. And so don't mess about with it. Don't panic about it. Don't react to it. Like if something really bad happens to you and you know that you have to get out of it, Focus all your attention on getting out of it. Don't mm. panic about being in the bad thing. Like, get your head down and just get on with it. Because uh, there is a temptation, like, to uh, when bad stuff happens, to get like caught in it. Mm-hmm. And um, and all you really, all you can do is just put your head down, which is really interesting because it's sort of what both of you do. But watching you guys doing firefight, oh, you god damn it, yes, you do. Like, things are like literally exploding around you, and then you're like, oh, hell, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go, oh, hell. and then, yeah, well, you know, it was a difficult festival this year, and you made it through, man. Oh, it's like god, extraordinary. Yeah. Didn't think yeah. we would at one point, <laughs> but anyway, I always knew we would. That's the thing. Now, this is about you. No, oh, right. tell us what your relationship was like with your mum and dad when you were growing up, and did it change uh, when you became a teenager? Um, it did change. Um, my my mum and dad were brilliant, really brilliant, and and the thing that I will always be grateful to them for is that they had the ability to change mm-hmm. and to accept things. Yeah. Um, and where they came from, like. <clears throat> you know, my like my sister went to my sister was the first one to leave home in her family. No, she to go to university. Oh, right. Like my my mom's younger brother had gone to university, but it it really wasn't a thing that was done. And my mother had my mom both my mom and dad had this thing that their kids were going to go to university and that was going to happen because yeah. because their generation had not been able to. It had been not a thing. And in fact, my mom's mum. Um, used to clean the floors of the BBC that oh. Craig and I ended up doing shows in. Yeah. So, <clears throat> like, there was that real change. So, there was a lot of change that they made. But one of my... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's a story about my mum, but it sums it up entirely, <coughs> which is my mother, when I was growing up, did not believe that gay people existed. Right? She didn't believe them. She was mm. like, no, I'd be like, she'd be like, Rock Hudson's just tall, right? And uh, Boy George is, he likes makeup, but they all like women. There's no such yeah. thing as women. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just you coughing. Have just, a cough. Just no, have, have a cough, cough first. <laughs> no, I'm okay. You're do you okay. need to get some? She's getting a sweat on because she's trying not to cough. But um, do you need some water? No, I've just got a little bit of a cold, but I'm absolutely fine. Now, boy George liked women. Okay, continue. <laughs> <laughs> now, my mother didn't believe that anybody was gay. She just didn't. And then, but that that uh, was that was very much not just your mother. That was no. But this is a story just, about a mother. Society. 
Sorry. You know what will help this a wee I'm going to go and get some water. You were talking about a story about your mum that she doesn't believe That's in. That's right. <laughs> <clears throat> I feel this story has been going on since a, my mother yeah, was alive. It's, right? a, tru- <laughs> it's, a, it's a troubling thing to end on without getting the full story. So <laughs> well, you know, the, what happened was that, um, I, and I, I was working in a gay bar with and my boss in the gay bar strappy ended up being the guy who conducted our wedding in france oh really <clears throat> whereabouts but is this when is this it must have been the night he was working in a in a cocktail <laughs> bar it was then now you've it? got me coughing you've got her... me coughing you've given me a cough <laughs> only karen Corin can infect somebody with a cough five thousand fucking miles <laughs> Sorry, but so I was working there one night. She wants to know what era this was. The nineties, I think. Yeah, the nineties, early nineties. So I was working there one night, and the minister, my mum's minister, came in with the assistant minister, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh, and, and we had aha uh-huh, in the game. All right. Bar, right? <laughs> and um, uh, I had this uh, real moment. We it was one of those things where everybody looks at each other and goes, "Oh fuck." <laughs> <laughs> Right. So he went off to sit down and I went to talk to Strappy and Strappy said, you know, it's it's his territory. You have no right yeah. to um, intimidate him. This is his place. And so you have to go there and say it's OK. Mm. Right. Um, uh, so I went out and I I'd really I was like all over the place, um, like cleaning ashtrays and doing everything so that I didn't have to talk to them. Right. And then eventually I got to their table and I said. So I just I just want you to know um <laughs> that um that I, that I won't tell my mum or anything, right? <laughs> and the guy looked at me and he said, Are you one of us as well? And I said, <laughs> What a minister. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then we all laughed about it and it was like fine, because then we got into the whole thing about whatever. Um mm. and and so years later, not even that long later. I I told my mum, I did tell my mum about it when she was talking about it. And and we had this whole thing about morality and how actually sexuality is not related to morality. Morality is whether you're a good person or not, not who you love, right? And uh, the News of the World had done a thing about an expose about this minister and the assistant minister. And my mother was the one saying, they are good people and how <laughs> dare you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So she became like a real voice uh, yeah. for it and and totally did see the point of it. And and I, I, that's the thing I really, really respected about both of them was that um, <laughs> you don't really get to choose your upbringing. That's yeah. not something. And you don't get to choose <laughs> what you've been told. Yeah. But... Um, how you deal with that information, you do get to choose. And I really respected them for that. I really did. Yeah, definitely. So what was your relationship like as a kid and then teenage and then as an adult? Especially how with your mum. Did your mum teach you to cook and all that kind of thing? And so she, she did. She did, yeah. Uh, my mum, when I was very young, was uh, quite frightening, actually. She really? was quite a scary person, yeah. Because she had four kids under the age of eight. Right. Yeah. And so oh and I was goodness. the youngest one. So she she could be quite an angry person. Mm-hmm. And then in my teenage years, uh, she became more of my friend. In fact, she was the one who I got really shy at one point 
Mm. And um, I she, don't believe you know, there, it. <laughs> <laughs> really? There's a point um, around 13, 14, I got really tall, uh, mm -hmm. much taller than everybody else. And it's also that place where your hormones kick in and you're like, yeah. it's, horrible. it's really <laughs> difficult to be happy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really hard to be happy. Right? Katie knows all about um, that. So my mum yeah. started... Yeah. <laughs> you don't know, right? You're, you've no. always been a, a coughing Perfect. ray of sunlight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, my mum uh, decided that I would go to these modelling and deportment classes at the Ingram Hotel in Glasgow on a Saturday. <laughs> Oh my God. And um and I was really not good at the modeling and deportment thing. Like I just I, I would never, even if I was one of those gorgeous swan type people, I couldn't do a career on walking. I was like, you want me to walk from like I, I'm here because I'm miserable, right? That's why my <laughs> mum sent me here. And you're saying what you want me to do is practice walking from one corner of the room to the other. Honestly. <laughs> so then I ended up with a book doing, on your head. I did actually have to do a book in my head, and at one point I had to practice getting in and out of cars appropriately. Oh my! You know, God. like all manner of stuff. Yeah. And then uh, the woman who was running it said, "Look, <laughs> we, we think she'd maybe be better at, at like speech and drama something." Like that. <laughs> so then I ended up doing the speech and drama thing, and then I sort of get into drama, and and um, and I went to school, you know. That was um, the rest of history. But I mean, good on your mum though for for sending you to somewhere that could give you some confidence. Yeah, that was her thing. And also that there's a point, I think, uh I watch it with my own sons, and that there's a point uh kids get to as they move between childhood and adulthood where they're where you can see them going, right, do I fit in this existence? where mm -hmm. I'm born or am I going to have to travel? Like, is this mm -hmm. going to be the place for me or not? You know? Yeah. And it's, it's slightly different from the rebellion thing. Like, I just... The people in Cumbernauld were generally really lovely people. Mm -hmm. um, and are lovely people. But I, I knew even then I couldn't stay there. And I, I couldn't have told you why. I just, just couldn't. So Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would say in general that West Coast people are much, I shouldn't really say this because I live in Edinburgh, but yeah. I just think Glaswegian and West Coast people are more open and happy and friendly. and friendly. You know, yeah. they, I mean, I'm not saying Edinburgh are doer and awful, but warmer. Yeah. Yeah. I certainly, you know, my mum used to take me to this Indian restaurant and uh, uh, where was it? Was um, oh god in Glasgow? Oh, in Glasgow, beside Buchanan Street, around there, right? And she'd take me to this Indian restaurant when we go out on the Saturdays, and then the Saturdays when we went out, it was just magical, really. Mm. And um, <clears throat> at one point, we were in this Indian restaurant, and she she really liked their chairs, and she had said that she would swap me for ten of their chairs. <laughs> oh my god. Great. I know. Yeah. Well uh, you you know what it's like, Katie, yes. to have yeah. a parent who would never embarrass you in front of anyone. <laughs> never. Never embarrass you in front yeah. of other people. No yeah. idea what that's like. No. <laughs> Did she get her uh, chairs? No, she had to keep me. Uh, I, and I still think of those because my mum had, as you know, really awful uh, rheumatoid arthritis. So. Yeah. When uh, by the time that I hit maybe 
by the time I was 25, my mum really wasn't around for stuff. You know, I'd have to go and visit her because yeah. she couldn't visit me and things like that. And that was yeah. that was tricky. So when did but, you leave home? How old were you? I was 18. And I was 18. You went to drama school? Went to drama school. Well, we didn't find out how wild she was she in her teens. I wasn't wild. I was senior prefect with Carol Storm. Exactly. That's not wild, you know. So you weren't going out dancing and smoking behind the... You know, I have to say, what I was doing was I was being senior prefect at school and then going to Glasgow at the weekend and drinking, taking speed, and then coming back and being senior <laughs> prefect again. But that's and where are you smoking? And where are you smoking? Not at that time. Why do you care about? But you did smoke at some point in your life. Do you know when I started smoking? I started smoking because my first job when I left school was I was a blue coat at Pontins, right? (laughs) And uh, that was in it as well. That was classy. I'm classy, right? It's like did you get uh, up and swing as well? Oh God, I did at Pontins. It was bloody awful. <laughs> On a wonderful day like today. Oh God, it was awful. Awful, awful, awful. You know, on that thing where sometimes, even though something's like 30 years ago, you still think of it and go, oh. Geez. No, but I sorry, I have yeah. I have a better one. Is being more Brun in the Brun's a musical. No. Ur- oh no, Willie no. Well, Ur Willie. The musical. If it was Ma Brun, that would be classy. No, <laughs> no what were you? You were Willie's mum. Yeah, and Ashley Jensen was Willie as well. She was Willie. I was Willie's mum. And uh, I never was... take off. She I wonder oh, why. Oh, Willie, my Willie. <laughs> oh, it was. Oh my God. Honestly, that's like one Scottish of those people would be well into that. Well, no. Ash, I wonder no. if Ashley Jensen remembers it. Oh, no, she does. We've met up a couple of times and talked about it, you know. It, oh, my God. It was just... It was Jimmy it was, Logan, wasn't it? That... Jimmy Logan. And, the, and you know, here, weird, right? Weird life in circles. The woman who had taught me modelling mm-hmm. way back at the Ingram yeah. Hotel turned out being my, to be my understudy in <laughs> Willie the Music. Hilarious. Yeah. Oh, my God. Which, uh, yeah. And uh, which gives you a rough idea of how mental all of that was. Yeah, yeah no, sorry, I, I jump ahead there. That right. In your very successful career in the musical comedy. Really, really the musical. <laughs> no, I started smoking when, or uh, in um, Pontins because somebody there used to give away free, free silk cut. You know, like. <laughs> really, really? Yeah, well, they'd silk they cut in a basket and they would I- hand it out. Right, and, and you I think like, I've oh. got to try this because it's me. I was quite bored in a way. I didn't really know what to do. There's a lot of uh, blue coating. There's a lot of smiling. It's a little bit like modelling, though, <laughs> which is it seems. Like, I guess if you're really good at it, you're really good at it. But it seemed for me that the blue coating was uh, like a, a lot like that, which is you're like smiling, being adorable, and uh, looking like everything's fine, even when you're not really thinking everything's fine. Yeah, you know. is this is it different from the red coat or or Pontins? Oh, class! It's classier than the red coat. I can't even believe you asked me that. What <laughs> <laughs> the hell is no wrong idea. with you? <laughs> yeah, no. The Butlins. My mum didn't want me to work for Butlins because Butlins at that time had things where people could come in. You know, you could get day visitors. People could could come in for the day. All right. Whereas with Pontins, you would have to like book for the fortnight. It was like a classier. <laughs> 
<laughs> type of concentration. So camp were you there for a full one full summer? A full summer at Brixton, South Devon. Yeah, it was oh very beautiful. God. Quite nice. Yeah. Miles away, yeah. isn't it? It was miles away. Yeah, but it, it was weird. Somebody in the who was it in the laundry one time? I put my stuff in the laundry, going to do a shift and come back. Someone stole all my pants. Like no. all my pants. <laughs> I swear, all my pants. I had to go and buy pants. I didn't have any pants. You see, I have... Everything else was there, but no pants. I'm like, I have visions of it being like dirty dancing, but it obviously wasn't. No, it was dirty. It was dirty. (laughs) the pants were. And there was dancing, but there was, you know, it it was not... um, It was fine. Great experience. It was a job. It was a job, and there was free silk cut, and so there you go. Did you do that before you... Was that on... On a summer of school, or was that before you? When it you were was the summer school between school and uh, drama. drama school. Yeah, yeah. And school. how did you enjoy? Where did you go to drama school, and how did you enjoy it? In Glasgow, oh, okay. I I liked it. I was I feel like I wasn't um, I I wasn't prepared for how different it was. Mm. You From know, school, I, yeah. Because it was stuff like talking about your feelings and wearing tights and pretending to be a tree and all that <laughs> stuff. And I was yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not sure about any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really know that I got into my flow until the third year. But really? what was yeah, I really, I really don't. In fact, after my first six months, they told me they were going to throw me out because they didn't think I had any discernible talent. <laughs> oh dear oh my God. I was did like, make, yeah, no. Did that discourage you a bit no I it just it was like um I think it comes back to that thing about my mum and dad you know saying if you know that something's a problem you can either panic or get your head down and go on with it yeah so I got on with it I mean what they were uh, their problem was was that they felt that I was resistant to what they were trying to teach me and I didn't like them telling me it but they were right I was resistant Mm because I couldn't see what they were talking about um, how that would uh, work for somebody who'd grown up in Cumbernauld. I just couldn't see it. Yeah. And and to, you know, so like I, I really appreciate a lot of stuff from them, but equally I do think that some of the stuff they taught was just crap. And there was a lot of shit going on in that college at the time. Like I feel like if Me Too had happened yeah. then, uh, there would have there would have been a lot less staff. Yeah, 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 yeah. God. So, um, yeah, no, it was depressing, but also but, it was that, that it was that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> but everything since before me too. There was loads of it going on. Loads of you know people behaving oh, was, badly. Totally, that was the thing. Arriving at Pontons. The, I'll still remember the first meeting with my boss, my my line manager at po, at um, Pontins. The thing that he told me was, and I think about it like when Fergus was working for you mm-hmm. guys this year, and I'm like, man, I can't. It, like just the age thing where you go, that's the weirdest thing. So he called me <laughs> in his office, and the rules for um, the uh, working there were turn up, do your shift. And you can uh, fuck whoever you want, but not another blue coat. Oh, and that was it. God oh. my. And well, I'm like, what? You know, do you know what I mean? Like, so I'm a, it's, 
head girl, like senior prefect, <laughs> former rules, and then the rules are right that you can you turn up in time. I can do that check. Yeah, and uh, you know, do your shifts. Check. Fuck whoever you want, but not another blue coat. Oh, this this might be tricky. <laughs> Is that an obligation? I might have yeah. to go for my uh, weekends on speed at the Hurricane Club for that, right? <laughs> so, yeah. are you pleased to get out of it? I mean, harassment in oh. the workplaces was very rife in those days. At least he oh, did really make a was. pass at you, did he? No, it, no, 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 my God, no, 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 um, no, and, and even the thought of that, that's worse than Ur Willy the Musical, even in my thoughts, I'm like, don't put that thought in my head, I'm like, oh my God, no. So what no. happened in drama school, you, you, you got to third year and you got into your groove, what, what, what did, did you want to like do after drama school, where was your head at? Well, I ended up, uh, I, uh, I got offered a job in the sits panto, but I oh, yeah. didn't have, yeah, but I didn't have my equity card. So then I was like, oh my God. Because so you then, have to have an equity card in those yeah. days. Yeah. Then That's I met with, well, Sorry, then I just Car- thought I'd Carlin uh, Bonnyman, Carlin Bonnyman was at drama school with me and she was like, do you want to do, um, do you want to do something to get your equity card? You could do it like through Variety Act. Uh-huh. So then we formed the Alexander Sisters. And then we just did the Alexander Sisters. It kind of took off. We got our first sort of big review in the Glasgow Herald. Uh-huh. I think in our third gig, maybe. But what that. was that? Just rewind back. What what was that partnership? Was it comedy? Was it a variety? It was comedy. Was That's com- where we first I met. I know, but you didn't clarify <laughs> yeah. that. But Katie was have been serious theatre. <laughs> Katie also wasn't really born. No. I don't so know. What does the Alexander sisters sound like? Because there's the Alexander brothers who are Scottish country folk singers, weren't so they? So it sounds but, like you were Scottish country folk singers. Yeah. Some many people. Well, a parody that, of. <clears throat> Sometimes we turned up places and people were very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> they were uh, hilarious. No. It was kind of fun. Uh, we did quite a, a few. And then, um, and so then I, I got really into doing uh, variety. And actually, uh, what I really wanted to do with the Alexander's sisters was I felt like at drama school, they had taught us a lot about how to work for the National Theatre. Right? Yeah, of course. Like how to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so the, with the Alexander sisters, I wanted to prove that you could be entertaining in any kind of venue it was a sort of stupid idea really so we ended up touring with bands and shit like that which was but also you you did this at the same time that alan cumming and forbes masson were doing yeah um, oh for victor and barry victor Victor and barry yeah that was that was the same time and was he a year above you or something they They were a year above me yeah, yeah a year above us yeah yeah, um, so, um, and that was funny so- actually because there was a thing the uh, drama school had a a big um, celebration, show? yeah, a big show. I think because they were doing something that was the last when the the drama school was at the Athenaeum, and then it was moving to the big new building, something like that. Mm-hmm. End of an era show, and the woman running it uh, had all of her friends mm-hmm. in it. It was so drama school. She put all of her friends in it. <laughs> she put Victor and Barry in it because they were classy. But she didn't <laughs> want us because we were not classy. I was like, 
Mm. We are not classy, you know. <laughs> I can't I can't walk from one corner of your room to another corner <laughs> of your room. You were just as classy as Victor and Barry, my uh, dear. So tell us classy. your um beautiful love story of how you met Lynn or Lynn how you met Karen. Who wants oh, to tell I it? remember we were sound checking at the assembly rooms. Do you not remember? Oh, because it sums no oh my god, it sums our relationship up. <laughs> oh dear. So oh, well. No. Stop so it. So well, right? So we were sound checking at the um uh, the assembly rooms. We we're doing this big benefit somewhere, big thing. And we we're in this room doing stuff. And Karen came in and she was like, that door should be open. And I went, fuck off. <laughs> okay. And then she went and I was like, quite like her. <laughs> Why did I say that anyway? Oh, because it's you. Because you've never knowingly, (laughs) never unknowingly or never knowingly left something alone when it's not your business. (laughs) There's some times where you're just like, oh, there's a door. It should be open. It should be closed. You just were all Norwegian. Yeah. But you came and did stuff at the Gilded Balloon anyway. No, we and totally I... go on. I, like, it wasn't, I didn't, like, it wasn't like I go, fuck off. And you went, no, you fuck off. I went, oh, fuck off. And you went, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> totally not offended, right? <laughs> so did the Alexander sisters perform at Gilded Balloon or was it just you solo the first time you did Gilded Balloon? No, we did. We did lots did of little shows. We to- yeah. I toured you. Oh, the counting house, remember? The counting house. Yeah, we did the counting house. house. It's it's funny though, because I think that was 91. Yeah. Even then. Even even then, what is she going to say? Well, even then, you were like, you know, you you might want to be thinking of doing stuff on your own. You might want to be doing a bit of stand-up. You might want to be. No, like I think you said that to me from almost the beginning and what did she do when she did do her first stand-up she wore a party dress she wore a 50s dress with long gloves and a handbag i can't imagine and she came out going mon petit shoe there's a factor in the back i know (laughs) it's like (laughs) mental that's another thing where you go oh my god and the only reason i did stand-up really in the end was kim kinney remember the lovely lovely kim from the comedy store he was doing a show called The Funny Farm on ITV That's right. and uh, Scottish Television, and he offered me £250 to do three minutes of stand-up on telly. And I was like, oh. Now, you see, that's the Cumbernauld. That's the Cumbernauld <laughs> in me when I was like, really? Do I and it's the same thought that I get when I'm pretending to be a German in a, a car factory in somewhere in South LA. Is like, but I did like say to you, money. <laughs> finish. Sorry, I did say to you to to wear your normal clothes. What? I know. Do you it took a while. Did you, you did you do that show in your costume? I, yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure I did. I did like <gasps> oh. other stand up shows. I know, right? What was I going know. through your head that you had to dress like that? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I was. I didn't know, and I, I still struggle with that a bit, really. With um, the you go, well, what what is it? What would I actually have to say that would be interesting to other people? Mm-hmm. Like, what would I have? And so then you're like, well, maybe if I uh, add something to it, like if yeah. I boost it up, it will be interesting. So 
Uh, and and I think um, three years of drama school had taught me also that get yourself yeah. a costume. Yeah. Because you know? with the Alexander sisters, I had quite a pronounced costume. Did you? <laughs> like it was, oh my God, yeah. I used to, it was like I wore a big pinifer and everything. And, um, and I used to backcomb this part of my hair here so that it looked like I'd been sleeping on it. Yeah, and yeah. It was like not attractive. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and my I was going got... to, before you talk about that though I was going to make the comparison and you probably disagree with me but yeah. when Craig Ferguson first did stand up or when yeah. he did stand up he was in a band and then he did stand up as himself and then he phoned me up because he had hecklers and he walked off and he phoned me up and he says I'll, I'll, I'm coming to do the next gig but I'm, I'm, I'm calling myself Bing Hitler and he Bing Hitler was a character mm-hmm. and he came as that. And I and I say exactly the same. You did exactly the same, that you had to have yeah. something to cover yourself. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I think a lot of stand-ups don't do that, don't you think? Like that because uh, even watching the new stand-ups in the So You Think You're Funny, it's fascinating. Yeah. Cause you see that they take something and they're like, I'm holding on to this for dear life. This is the thing I'm holding on to. Yeah, and yeah. The, and it's not until that they're more experienced that they can let go of what they get comfortable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. But um, Bing Hitler was around for a while. Luckily, your character was not around for that long <laughs> because well, it I didn't was... have a different name. But also, I had done uh, the Alexander Sisters for so long and played a different character. Yeah, and so the Alexander. Of... Sorry, the Alexander Sisters. By the time it came to the counting house, yeah, they did. Uh, it wasn't Hawaiian, but it was a desert island or something. A fantasy island. Fantasy, fantasy island. Fantasy so you island. were in sort of Hawaiian stuff, <laughs> weren't you? It was well. No, I always wore my pinafore, but like, yeah, but uh, I would have stuff, uh, you know, stuff with it. It was really stupid things we did. Really stupid. Very funny. And and it's funny, like people still quote even like in Edinburgh this year, people would still quote lines from the Alexander Sisters, which is That's lovely mad. in a way. Yeah, it's mad because you're like it must have hit at a time. Yeah, their lives. Do you yeah. know what I mean? When they were going through stuff, it's it's a funny old thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but I'm yeah. still glad that you you uh, got rid of your costume. And went out and did stand up. Why you... did um? Why did you never do so? You think you're funny? Why did you never enter it? Because she I... thought she was already established oh, by that story. Yeah, that no, that that was a good question. I did. <laughs> I was the person who hosted a heat of so you think you're funny though, where uh, yeah. everybody was so bad nobody won. That was me. <laughs> I had to give her nobody's oh, getting through. Yeah, yeah. But it was like Honestly, it was. I don't think bit... we would ever do that. I know. Oh, no, no I know. actually, you. Uh, this it was um it was the comparing equivalent of Ur Willie the musical. <laughs> it wasn't it, it wasn't the disappointment that killed you, it was the hope, right? Because oh, then God. you go like, all right, so this act is blah blah blah, and the audience were all like, Oh, it's gonna be lovely. And I'm like, they are new, you be nice to them, yeah, like yeah. gentle, soft paws, be nice to these people, la la la. Yeah, and then the act would come on and do something really fucking odious like awful oh. offensive or something like that and the audience would go <laughs> this was before we had lots and lots of showcases yeah yeah sure. you know so we hadn't yeah. really yeah uh, filtered out the shit yeah <laughs> well i didn't say that but, but it, you know, by I mean, the end of this, to... 
Go on, at the end of that <laughs> show, the audience, I think, were sort of, uh, they Shell felt shot. justified. They were, well, they were like, they were a little shot. Yeah, vulnerable. They're, the yeah. audience were vulnerable and the acts were not. It seemed to be that the next act had come up. <laughs> and I'd go, once, once someone went off and then, because and, people quote me this as well, someone come off and then I'd say, we've got another act coming on. <laughs> the audience would go, Oh, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and I go, hooray though, but hooray, and they go, hooray, and I go, but hooray, yeah. like it was just like, okay, you and I are in this together. Fuck knows yeah, what yeah. teachers from but Star Wars are coming in. With the, yeah, agreed. With oh the no, decision. they were totally happy. I think that was the, that got the biggest cheer of the night yeah. that nobody won. Yeah. <laughs> but to tell us the history of your, um show career at the Guild of Balloon because you've done so many shows. You've done many, yeah. Ah, God, I know, right? Really have. You did so really many have. shows and and all of them good. I mean, some you you kept going longer than others. Some you just did for the year. But, I mean, good shows. What I really love about the Guild of Balloon is I think it's one of the uh, few places still left where you can experiment. Mm. So like uh, every and like I'll call, it's funny because I'll call you up and I'll go I've got an idea for a show and you're like uh huh and then I'll <laughs> tell you and you're like uh huh and so like uh, maybe that's what's the commonality between you guys and my parents which is this <laughs> thing of going I don't actually know what the fuck you're doing yeah but I'm going to trust you that you're not going to let me down if yeah. you say that you're going to do it you're going to turn up and do it yeah so um. I've done a, a lot, and uh, it's funny because some of the shows that I've done there are we're looking to re-evolve or reimagine. Like the one before I moved to LA, I was doing two, I did two shows, didn't I? Back to back, I did uh, an hour long show, which was uh, the plan, which was about death, and then I did a revisiting of Heart and Soul. Mm, yeah. Um, but before that, I had done biographies in a bag, which yeah, but were these half about... shows. Yes, I know, but you've gone too far at the beginning. <laughs> no, you. my favourite was Frank. Don't, All right. And, don't and tap the table. Sorry, and I'm, I'm not to stamp the table. Yeah, so don't. But, yeah, on don't his, but Frank, and after that, the, what was the one with the matches? The It was... Oh, that was the plan. Yeah, the plan was what a little. What was the plan, though? Was it the one with the suicide? The boy who committed suicide. Oh, mental! That one. That one with oh, Stephen Powell. No, was it, it was before that. Oh, that was a... kindling. 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 Thank you. My God, kindling. <laughs> yeah. See, God, there's a lot of bloody shows, aren't there? Really. There's and kindling was really good, and you didn't really revitalize that one, did you? We did it. I did it as a play for Radio Four. The thing oh, that I learned, yeah, what the thing with Kindling, and it, it was a really good lesson, is that Kindling was a sad play. Yeah. And I decided after it, I was never ever going to write another sad play. Mm-hmm. Like so, I just I never do. And then people were like, because the thing, it's the other thing about comedy, and you must know this. Where where. Um, with what you know about the business and how much you are responsible for the growth of it is that it's quite easy to make people sad. It's really yeah. quite easy. And it's quite easy to sort of uh, make things dark. Mm-hmm. But it's it's much more complicated and much more stylized to make people laugh. 
And the reason being that if you want to make somebody laugh, you have to do something that they personally recognize. Mm -hmm. And so um, with kindling, there were laughs in it, but it was like I did it over here, actually. I had Alfred Molina and Kathy Baker. Oh, how fabulous. Yeah, I know. I know. My favorite Um, man. Ah. Sorry. But apart from my husband, Mark. Well, obviously. And your son-in-law, right? And your son-in-law, Frederick. Um, <laughs> no, so I made a decision that I would never do anything sad. The 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 thing with comedy and why I like comedy so much is it is unforgiving. And it, it's like, for all of the discipline that they, they taught me in drama school about how to work at the National and everything, I'm like, yeah, I like that. I understand it. I understand a whole load of things about the theatre of cruelty and blah, 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 you know, <laughs> Stanislavski and whatever. And when people quote it to me, I'm like, ah, but are there jokes? Right. Yeah, yeah. But, but, right. Like, Let me just say, though, Heart what? and Soul, um, Heart and Soul was about a girl falling in love with a fish, which yeah, obviously it has comic tenses, but it was also a very sad play. It was very emotional. It was. You cried well, every night in it. <laughs> I know. Well, people do. It was funny, you know. Um, the, but I think that crying and laughing for me are the same thing, but just an opposite side of a coin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, you cry freely at something because you identify with something that's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you laugh when somebody says something that you recognize. So these are like points mm-hmm. that, that mark. But I, I just, uh, the thing with Kindling, I, there's loads of stuff that I like in Kindling. Um, I love the people who performed it. I thought, like, um, it was Hope Ross and Robert Patterson, and they were just brilliant. Um, and I think what I learned in Kindling was how to write a decent monologue. Mm-hmm. You know? um, but I, I, I just, I don't, it's funny, because I was listening to Maisie Adam in our podcast that we recorded at the Gilded. Yeah. Um, and she and so many of the things that she says, I completely agree with. Um, and she said a thing about there's too much sadness. Mm-hmm. You know, we we need we you know it's our job to try and find laughter to try and find that yeah. thing. And she I really is absolutely that. exceptional. Yeah, she's you know lovely. she's she's an amazingly funny woman. Yeah. Um, did um, you go and see her show? I did with you. With me. <laughs> oh, great. Thanks. Classic. Can, that was nice. can I ask um, what, because yeah. you're now talking about plays and comedy writing that you've done, but what, why, why did you flip from doing stand up or sketch comedy or performing it yourself to writing it for other people? Or was there not like a, a shift to that? It's part of the pro, like you do both still. Yeah, it's just a process. I do yeah. both. I think that it's, um, there comes a it like when you're only writing for yourself you're kind it's like painting with like two colors right Mm. you've only really got you it's just a different job when you're doing it for yourself um it's about things that you feel you want to say yeah important to you when you're writing for someone else it's like uh making sure that they're drawn beautifully and that that you actually mentioned it earlier a bit biographies in a bag which was when I produced 
yeah. this show at Assembly. Imagine me oh, producing Lynn sake, Ferguson at Assembly Theatre. Bloody hell. However, yeah. it, it, and you, I think what Biography is in the Bag did for you was made you into the storyteller and, and that yeah. kind of thing that you're doing now. That's, that was kind of the beginning of it. Am I right? Or... I'm yeah, a, no. I'm totally. a meringue is one of your. I'm a meringue. I'm a right. That was from us. I'm a writer. I'm a meringue. No, definitely, and that's one of the projects that we we have been talking about how it sort of fits with now. Like I feel like sometimes I've written stuff that's like maybe five years too early. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, like Frank, Frank was five years too early, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Then somebody won a Perry Award or whatever for a show that was like a pretty much the same show, like a few years later. I'm like, technically, I feel I've done that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you know what Frank was? Frank was mm-hmm. Lynn uh, being the compere of four performers, and they were all her, mm-hmm. but all different characters. And theatre critics said, you cannot mix comedy and theatre, yeah. which oh, was right. just nonsense. Yeah, yeah. And she did it so brilliantly. You know, the the first, the compare was this New York, or no, the... The, the, the compare was me, but then... Yeah, but it was like a man. That. He was a man, yeah. yeah. No, the, there was the guy, there was a guy who was sort of end of the pier guy. Yeah. There was the New York lesbian who did yeah. all the political stuff. Yeah. There was an Irish guy who talked about his mother and how he couldn't get a girlfriend. There was an open spot that was worried about being fat. Right. There was like just all these <laughs> it was ones. Great. It was like, Sounds amazing. It was so, yeah. it was so clever, you know, and I just loved the whole, and wow. nobody could see it. No, I know. But then you know that 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 is that thing. A lot of comedy snobs comes, around. But but ultimately it comes to a theatre snobs. Well, it was a bit of both actually. The comics the didn't like point. it either. They didn't like it because they thought that because I because the because what I was doing in order to do it, I had to take stereotypes. Of course, so yeah, people yeah. didn't. Yeah, it wasn't. But now that's really like a common. <laughs> Uh, character that a lot of comedians do now is stereotypes of white male comedians like that is so yeah, yeah people take the piss out of it so much and yeah yeah that's no so biographies in the bag yeah. was uh, honestly such a complex idea mm-hmm. but i rolled with it <laughs> and but it's a simple idea it was a complex way of writing it yes but, but you, basically the idea, yeah, the idea was I wanted to do an exhibition like you would get in a museum, but mm-hmm. it would be people. Instead of paintings, it would be people. And so, like, <clears throat> the premise for the whole thing is the set is one chair and a performer would come on and they'd, all the props that they would have would be in one bag and they would talk for half an hour, they'd do their play, mm-hmm. and then they'd leave taking their bag with them and as they left, someone else would come on with a bag and they would sit in a chair. And the, the sort of idea for it was that if you look in any station, any like public place, in a doctor's surgery and just look at one chair and think of all the different people that have sat in that chair and what their stories are, mm-hmm. then it becomes like showing the world like a big exhibition. So I definitely do think it is like the beginning of where I'm like story is everything. Yeah. Right? But and you, you've, stories. you've explained <laughs> that in a very advanced form. What I remember was that the 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 people that did it, it was two characters and and their lives being in parallel and explaining, for example, your friend, she was 
she was Doris Day, Doris and, Day yeah. and Rachel. And to, yeah, herself. so she had gone through a divorce, right? <clears throat> and she she tried to be a perfect woman and married this guy who ended up fucking everything that moved. And uh, and she also looked a bit like Doris Day. So she told the story of Doris Day and how Doris Day had been involved in that. She wanted to be a dancer. Mm-hmm. And then she... <clears throat> had uh, been in a train crash. Her car was hit by a train. And it was when she was unable to walk that she discovered that she could sing, right? Mm-hmm. And so we we tied that in with this uh, divorce that was crippling. Um, yeah. And then that then you discover that you actually are better than whatever. So it, it, it's quite deep. Yeah. Oh, it was deep. And I I'm not even going to talk about your one. <laughs> Shopping her- hour. Yeah, Schopenhauer, which was and a related, he he was a, a philosopher who hated women, but he's mm-hmm. a great philosopher and tying that with postnatal depression. Oh, and, Jesus <laughs> I know. But then, had who's that it girl? Had jokes. It had jokes. Who's the girl that from Donna Ayer did it? Donna Ayer, yeah. and she was going out with, or she was married to maybe Damien Aspinall, who had a zoo, so she did Phoebe. Yeah, she did fairy, <laughs> and then but we did do recordings of them. I think we're going to release them. Actually, we did radio plays that we recorded because we liked them. Um, yeah, and we did yeah. one with Leslie Ash, which was we did Sura, which was the pointillist painter, <clears throat> which is that everybody thinks that they know Leslie Ash or they knew her story, but it's not really till you stand back and go, "Oh no, I see what the picture is." Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where I got to. I ben, feel like we're going to have to do end. another interview. <laughs> well, yeah. let's there's so much still to We've cover. So much to ask you about, but just finish what you were saying there. Well, the, <clears throat> yeah, working with people who are doing these podcasts that are like scripted podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to Mark about it because Mark does a load of editing on um, particularly scripted stuff. And uh, we were like, God, you know, that's totally biographies in a bag. Maybe mm-hmm. we should just release biographies in a bag. So I think we're going to like throw it onto a site or something like that because they're all there and they're all right, you know. Yeah. Should, but uh, also, um, ever happy after was after great. I forgot about that. That I uh, yeah, I, I know forgot that I did that. That's yeah. that is about the fairy stories of what happened after. Mm-hmm. You know, like so it's like white. reality tale, yeah, reality yeah. tales of fairy tale creatures. Yeah, that's great. <clears throat> yeah, so much. No, I, I know there's a lot, isn't there? Yeah. It's so ridiculous. tell us what influence your mother gave you, or what message, or no, not message, life lesson. What life lesson did your mother give you? I think that the, that it was about. There's so many things, really. Like, there is do your best. Don't be a slacker. But one of the things that she really did like was to thine own self be true, which is ultimately, if you know something, you just know something. You just do, right? Mm -hmm. And I think about this a lot in the world just now with people, you know, like the Marjorie Taylor Greens and the Trumps and the, like, it's just the outrage of people talking shite about other people. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, these people must know that they're assholes. Do you know what I mean? There must be a point where they go, I'm an asshole. Um, and, <laughs> well, that, it, it, the point, the point is, yeah. I quite like being an asshole. 
Well, I, th I do feel with them that if they could play the guitar or had some discernible talent, then they would. <laughs> they would have done something. Because like, even I look at the people, like, there's people in comedy who've gone in and, into that whole shock, joking thing. Mm -hmm. And I look at it and I'm like, you just got lost, didn't you? You got tired of trying to think about ways to be better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I do, I think this thing of like, to thine own self be true don't be an asshole and if you are an asshole then you maybe have to sit down and go oh fuck and then apologize and mm -hmm. then come forward and try and make it better yeah you know I, th I think that's the main thing um and don't give up no i absolutely things. i agree with you yeah i have to say it was a huge step that the whole family took to move over to l.a well, yeah, I mean, that's why I'm saying that we need more time to talk to you because yeah. we haven't even talked about your you're <laughs> getting married, you're moving to uh, LA. I know, right? That's because I had a coughing fit. Yeah, but just tell yeah. me, was I mean, it was it the right thing to do? Oh, definitely, it was definitely the right thing to move over. Because the thing, uh, I, I like, I really love coming back to Britain. I really do, but I, I do feel like Britain doesn't always love me, <laughs> and um. That Scotland here, does though. Scotland loves uh, you. <laughs> it does love me, but like you know, and I, I do recognise as I'm, I, I like I'm not taking it personally. Like uh, they have to catch up or whatever. I don't feel that way. It is to thine own self be true. Mm -hmm. I, I do have crazy ideas. I do, and I am a little too far ahead at times. And I do see people looking at me when I go, "Well, what I want to do is I want to do this thing where it's going to be that. It's really simple." And they're like, "Holy shit." Right. <laughs> uh, apart from you and Karen, right? Apart from you guys, where you're like, okay, so should we do it at seven o'clock on a Thursday? Yes, yes, seven o'clock on a Thursday. Um, whereas over here, just because America is so much bigger, like my crazy is tiny crazy to other people's crazy. You're so if I go, did. okay, what I want is a hundred people in balloon suits. They'd be like, oh, 100 people in balloon suits. That sounds fine, right? <laughs> So it definitely was the right thing to do for sure. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, we miss you terribly, Lynn. Aww. We also didn't talk about the fact that you lived with us when I was like sixteen. Uh, I know. In Edinburgh. We had right? the best time. Her father was dying. My father had just died, and I was doing a play. He wasn't. I... No, he, he had died because I was doing the play. Yeah. Oh my god. Because it was... was Melody, the play Melody at the Chavers. Yeah. And I was playing a woman who was entirely covered in tattoos. So, <laughs> like, oh, man. So, and I'd taken the job. I mean, it was Doug Douglas Maxwell, who's a brilliant writer, but I'd taken the job because my dad had been diagnosed with terminal cancer mm -hmm. and he had, like, six months to live. And the show started rehearsals in February and my dad died. It started uh, rehearsals February 14th and my dad died January 30th. And it was like, on oh, my Lord. birthday. Yeah. Nah. So, but then I stayed with you and you guys like saved my bacon. You know? yeah. We looked up. Well, we I think yeah. tried to. We tried you to. You, you probably did. didn't. I did. Katie. You totally yeah. did. We used to sit and have chats. Remember, yeah, we, we used had to sit and have our chats. Yeah. Not like, awesome. not like you you did you didn't do, sorry, when you were we, because she had 27 
Barbie dolls that we took to Milford. Yeah, I knew you this was going to bring what up this story. What is she doing? Right? Serious. Yeah, right. You just didn't understand children. I, I also do. Well, it was Halloween here last night, yeah. and, I, and so trick or treating. And Mark is brilliant with little kids. Like he's brilliant with them. He's really good. He's got patience. And all these kids come to the. Oh, it's just he's just really and he'd. Like watch them coming up the front path on the ring camera, right? Yeah. So that then he'd open the door and go boo before they got there and they'd all go, ah, like, <laughs> like he was just brilliant at it, right? And I thought, I am so not good with little kids. Like now my teenagers, uh well, Fergus is nearly twenty, but like my fifteen year old will sit and we'll talk about stuff and go through things and like talk about life. Mm-hmm. And we're cool, but I I think I'm just and in, in terms of uh, relating to children, small ones, I'm not that great with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, well, never me. mind. It'll be a while till you have grandchildren. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yet. Um, uh, Lynn Ferguson, thank you so much oh, uh, for being here and telling us a little bit about your very, no, I wasn't, wasn't complex, Mental. Life, but very varied life. There's lots no. more we would like to know. Yeah, um, I think we'll get we'll, you back on. We'll, we'll do get... one during the fringe or something. Yes. Uh, we'll we'll the next one we'll do it, and we can all do it in German accents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, sounds good. And we can't wait to come and visit you. We need yeah. to do it. Oh, I do. I'd again. love that. I know, I'd great. love that. But you'd you'd make sure that you were driving, Katie. I know yes, that. I would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know that. But all, the thing, what's really cool with here, like Mark, and I sometimes will get on the train and do a day trip to Santa Barbara, right? Yeah, wow. guess, yeah, no, like literally, you can go and just it's so oh, cool because it's unique. It. Okay, the, the recording is now going off. Is that how you're finishing the podcast? Oh, sorry, you finish it then. <laughs> Thanks so I'm much, already. Lynn. Thank Bye. you, Lynn. Bye. Love you. Bye. Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this, Mama said, Mama said, Mama said, there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this, my Mama said, Mama said, Mama said.